0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study.
1: Today we talk about Judas, the disciple who betrayed Christ. And we will learn from Judas, you can have the best teacher on earth, Jesus Christ himself. You can be appointed to a high position. He was one of the 12 disciples, but you can blow it and lose it all through your rebellion. So would you take out your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 1, and let's learn lessons from Judas for our own lives. Let's pray first. Father, we do want to pray that as we open the Bible, you'll open our ears, our hearts, open my mouth. And Lord, speak to us today about uh, rebellion and repentance and how we need to follow you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me set this up. Jesus ascends back to heaven. Judas, who betrayed him, hung himself. So now there aren't 12 disciples are 11. The disciples want to replace Judas and make it 12 again and here's the story. Acts chapter 1 verse 15. At this time Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren. A gathering of about 120 persons was there together and Peter said. Now think of this. <clears throat> Jesus goes back to heaven. About 120 believers there in Jerusalem. Elsewhere, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to 500 believers in Galilee. So putting it all together, this is a very rough guesstimate. Let's guess that there were 1,500 believers when Jesus left this earth. Isn't that kind of small? I mean, for three years, Jesus did the preaching, the teaching, the casting out of demons, all the miracles, and he only gets 1,500 believers? Well, part of the answer is, this is Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2 is Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, the disciples get filled with the Spirit, go out and convert lots of, of the Roman Empire. It would become a mega church, but at the moment it's kind of small. And so here's the first lesson. Jesus is after disciples, not converts. The word disciple means learner. Jesus just doesn't want people to say, hey, I'm converted, I got baptized, I prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into my heart. No, he wants disciples, people who say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a learner. I want to follow you, I want to hear from you daily. I want to be a disciple, not just a convert. Look at verse 16, and here's what Peter said. Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Christ. Here's the next lesson. The scripture has to be fulfilled. Periodically when I watch the news, I get very depressed on how America is turning its back on God. And I have to remember this verse, let the scriptures be fulfilled. The Bible prophesies that at the end of time there will be a falling away from the faith. And Christians, I think you and I need to be involved in our culture, try to turn our culture around. We need to be witnessing to people and trying to bring them to Christ. But no matter what we do ultimately, let the scriptures be fulfilled, there will be a falling away in the end and that's prophesied. And I heard somebody say things are not falling apart they're falling in place. Let me repeat that, things are not falling apart, they're falling in place for the second coming of Christ. Look at verse 17. For Judas was counted among us, says Peter, and Judas received his portion in this ministry, Now this man, Judas, acquired a field with the price of his wickedness. You remember he was paid 30 pieces of silver to betray Christ by the chief priests. Well, he bought a field with with his wickedness and falling headlong, Judas burst open in the middle and all of his bowels gushed out. Now, that's Acts chapter 1. The parallel account is Matthew chapter 27 where there are two Seeming contradictions between Acts 1 and Matthew. Seeming contradiction number one is who bought the field with that money? Here in Acts 1 it says Judas bought the field. But if you read uh, in the Matthewan uh, version, Judas throws the 30 pieces of silver in the temple. The chief priests pick them up and it's blood money so they won't give it to the temple. They buy a field with it. Well, who bought the field? Did Judas buy the field or did the the chief priests? And and a scholar by the name of F.F. Bruce says this. The common harmonization is that the chief priests, considering the 30 shekels to be legally Judas's property, bought the field with them in his name. So really, both are correct. But here's a second seeming contradiction. How did Judas die? If you read Acts chapter 1, he died by falling in his guts busting out. But if you read Matthew's version, he hung himself. So which is it? Did he fall or did he hang himself? Well, a catholic scholar by the name of Ricciati says this, it is not necessary to suppose two contradictory traditions. It is sufficient that they could be two parts of one tradition. One part referred to the hanging, and this alone is reported by Matthew, the other referred Acts 1, to the consequences of the hanging, the breaking of the rope or branch and the subsequent fall of the dead body to the ground into some ravine below, producing the macabre results described here. In other words, the way St. Augustine put these together, the rope broke. <laughs> yes, Judas hung himself and the rope broke and he hit the bottom and his bowels gushed out. But these are, I mean, verse, verse 18, there is a gruesome verse, he fell headlong. That probably means he fell head first, fell on his face, burst open in the middle, and his bowels gushed out. Here's the next lesson. Every Judas will meet a horrible end. Some of you remember who Madeleine Murray O'Hare was, a very famous atheist. She'd get on TV and ridicule Christianity. Back in the... 1970s, I was a college student at the University of Texas in Austin. That's where she had her atheist headquarters in Austin, Texas. There were posters up one day, come here Madeline Murray O'Hare in the uh, cafeteria tonight at the dorm. So I went. It was packed with college students. Madeline Murray O'Hare gets up and she starts using obscene language about the Holy Spirit. And one student put up his hand, Mrs. O'Hare, I understand you not being a Christian, but do you have to use filthy language about the Holy Spirit? Why do you do that? And she said, I do that so next time you're in church and hear the words Holy Spirit, you'll have to remember what I said about the Holy Spirit. I mean, she was a wicked woman. Well, um, did you hear how she died? There was a note on the door of her atheist association saying that she and her son had left town and they're not sure when they're coming back. They never came back. The police investigated. They discovered that one of her employees of her atheist association kidnapped Madeline Murray O'Hare and her son, took them to a farm, killed them, and dismembered them. If you choose to be a Judas, and, and you don't, you know that she was baptized at one point in her life? But if you choose to be a Judas and turn against Christ, turn against your baptism, every Judas will meet a miserable end. Look at verse 20. Peter said, "For it is written in the book of Psalms and now Peter's going to quote Old Testament verses that prophesy Judas, let his homestead be made desolate and let no man dwell in it and let his office another man take." Now, in that verse, Peter is quoting two Old Testament psalms: Psalm 1, uh, let's see, Psalm 109 and Psalm 69, written by King David, 1000 B.C., prophesying Judas. But if you read them in context in the Old Testament, it sure looks like Pete, uh, David is talking about himself and his own enemies. Uh, not some future Christ and, and Christ's enemy Judas. So what's going on here? Well here's the next lesson. Verse 20 is an example of double fulfillment. This happens a number of times. There's an Old Testament prophecy that comes true in the Old Testament days, but then it comes true ultimately a second time in Christ. So. There there are a number of cases like that where there's a double prophecy. For instance, here's what one scholar said. The psalmist David's words, which describe the traitor friend, suit completely the conduct of Judas. But we are not on that account to suppose that they had not a first fulfillment in the life of David himself, who wrote the psalms. While David spoke of himself and his own circumstances, the Holy Ghost was speaking through David of what would happen later to the son of David, Jesus Christ. So there is there are double fulfillments in scripture. Look at verse 21. It is therefore necessary, says Peter, that of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John, John the Baptist, until the day that Christ was taken up from us, one of the that's the ascension, one of these should become with us a witness of Christ's resurrection. I want you to notice in verse 21, it says, one of these men. That points to male leadership, which is the next lesson. Elders should be male. Now, some of you aren't going to agree with this, but please hear me out. Jesus chose 12 male disciples. He didn't choose six men and six women. He chose six men. And when the disciples go to replace Judas, they look at a man to replace him. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, I don't allow a woman to teach over men or to exercise authority over men in church. Women can do all kinds of things, but they're not to be the teacher or the preacher over a church. They're not to be a ruling elder. So um, I think we need to follow that. I think churches that ordain women and have women preaching over adult men. Women can teach women, women can teach children, but the way Jesus set things up, and the Apostle Paul, the preacher over a church, the teacher over a uh, church and Bible study, the elders, uh, they should be men. Look at verse 23. So they don't know who to choose, verse 23, and they put forward two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, you know the hearts of all men. Show which of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. Here's the next lesson. When you need guidance, pray. Pray. The disciples don't know who to pick, so they stop. Okay, Lord, who do you want us to, to choose? I have taught many confirmation classes in my ministry. And before the 13-year-olds go up to the altar to say I'm, I'm confirming my faith, I sit them each down one by one, and I talk with them. Do you understand we're saved by grace and not by your good works? Do you know what the Trinity is? Do you know how the second coming is? Mean, I get all the basics, but then I ask them this question. Do you know what you want to do when you grow up? And I tell them, even though you're 13 years old, even now start praying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And then follow God's leading on that. Because the main way God leads us is through praying. Look at verse 26. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Here's the next lesson. Verse 26 is the last occurrence of lot casting in the Bible. Now It says in the Old Testament, and this is from Proverbs 16, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. God controls everything. He controls even details. So, if you have a big decision to make and you can't figure out, is it okay for you to flip a coin. Well, let me say this. First of all, the lot casting in in Acts 1 was not haphazard. They had a lot of candidates probably for uh, an apostle, but they whittled them all down to two people. So it was not a haphazard lot casting. They whittled them down to two people. And I'm guessing it went like this. God, we've prayed about it. Both Matthias and Barsabbas, they look good. Uh, Lord, we don't know who to choose. We're going to cast a lot. And they did. So again, let's say you've got a decision to make. Do I marry Judy or Betty? Well, do you cast a lot? Do you throw the dice? Do you flip a coin? I don't think so. Because let me explain the way God mainly guides us. Number one, prayer. You pray about it. God, should I marry Judy or Betty? God, what's your will? And the number one way of to, to get guidance is prayer. The second way to get guidance is you search the scriptures. And the Bible says if you're a Christian, you marry a Christian. Yeah, well, Betty isn't a Christian. Well, then I guess I don't marry Betty. So you pray. You search the scriptures. A third thing I do when I'm, I need to make a big decision, I get advice from other Christians. I take it to some Christian friends I respect and I talk it out with them. And what would you do in my place? So you pray, you search the scriptures, you bounce it off of other Christians, and then fourthly, you act after you do that. I'm not saying never, ever in your life God might not have you flip a coin, but I'd be super cautious with that. In fact, St. Chrysostom, writing in the three hundred, said of this verse, his point was, notice, this happens in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, the disciples get the Holy Spirit. You never hear of, of lot casting again after that point, because they have the Spirit now to guide them. I think that's a good point. So, be careful. <laughs> in my younger Christian days, I used to do this. Lord, speak to me, and I'd go... <coughs> And I, I, I'd come up with things like, and the ark was 30 cubits, you know, I kept getting... And then somebody said, you know, Tom, don't do that. That's putting the Lord to the test. Just, you know, read your Bible and pray, but don't do that kind of thing. Well, and so I stopped, but I wanted to do it again. So I did it again, and you know what the verse was? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So you've got to be very, very careful with this kind of thing. Um, well, let me close by making the main point that I want you to get. Here's the main point of, of, of the life of Judas. God is sovereign over your Judas. The word sovereign means God's in control. God's in control of the lot. He's in control of, of history, writing down prophecies of scripture that later get fulfilled twice sometimes. God is in control of even evil Judas, because God's plan was for Jesus to get on the cross for our sins and our atonement. God even used evil Judas to get Jesus onto the cross. So, you know, some of you watching this show have a Judas in your life. You've got an abusive boss or an evil spouse, or maybe, this has been in the news again, maybe you were abused by a Catholic priest. And, And by the way, I'm a Lutheran. I'm not a Catholic. Lutherans wear this, too. <laughs> People think I'm Catholic. I'm a Lutheran. But, and I'm not picking on the Catholics because there are evil Lutheran pastors, too. But here's my point. If you were abused by a priest, I just want you to know this. That was Judas that did that. That priest was a Judas. And, and I hope you won't let the abuse you suffered by a priest turn you off to Jesus. Jesus had a Judas too and what you what I urge you to do if you've suffered like that take your sorrow and your suffering and go to Jesus with it and um, pray for your Judas and that's the last point I want to make today is pray for your Judas if you've been abused in any way get alone with God and pray God help me forgive what that person did to me and then not only pray about your Judas pray for your Judas. And Lord, I pray that that person will come to Christ and repent before he or she dies. So those are the lessons we learn from Judas, the disciple, who betrayed Christ. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, in light of your sermon that you just preached, when Jesus picked Judas to be one of the 12 disciples, did He know that Judas would betray Him?
1: You know, there's a specific verse that says, yes, He did. Now, it says, "Judas." Jesus knew from the beginning who it was who would betray Him. And Jesus also said, did I not pick you myself, yet one of you will betray me. So he knew. Yeah. So
2: Jesus knew, knew ahead of time? He did. And th- didn't do anything?
1: He know he knew it was coming. Okay. This is prophesied, yep.
2: So was it God's will for Judas to betray Jesus?
1: Now this is where it gets tricky. We know the reason Jesus came to earth was to die on the cross. Well, here's Judas betraying Jesus in an evil act to get him to the cross. So how, this is where it gets tricky. How could God hold Judas accountable for betraying Christ when that was part of God's plan? And this is tricky, Jackie. Let me give me my best shot. Yes, it was God's plan for Jesus to suffer and die on the cross for our salvation. So how can God hold Judas accountable for betraying Christ to get that done? Well, it's kind of like if you read Isaiah chapter 10, God is talking about the king of Assyria. And God is using the king of Assyria to, to punish the Jews for their idolatry. But he did not so think. In other words, the king of Assyria didn't do this to punish the Jews to accomplish God's plan. He was doing it just because he was evil. When Judas betrayed Christ, did he think to himself, well, this will help follow out God's plan for Christ's life. He did not think like that. He was doing it out of out of his evil nature. So... Yes, it was part of God's plan for Judas to do what he did, but Judas didn't do that with the proper motive at all. He did it because he was jealous and he was a thief and uh, he did it out of evil motives. That's the best I can tell you.
2: (laughs) Okay, Pastor Brock, can you explain why do you believe pastors and elders should be men only?
1: Yeah, because Jesus chose 12 male apostles to lead the church and then later, in first timothy chapter 2 paul the apostle reiterates that women should not preach over adult men or exercise authority over adult men so jackie uh, that's the way it's set up i know lots of churches have women preachers over men women can do all kinds of things in the church but they're not to be the preacher over the church or the elder over the church so there there you go
2: do you believe in the equality of the sexes
1: I think we're equal. Male, male and female are equally human, created by God in the garden, equally human, but different. Men and women are different, and those are good differences. Not, I, I know there are exceptions to this, but men are generally into working and providing. Women generally are into nurturing and relationships. We need both. That's why kids need two parents. When we say, you know, well, you just need one parent or you can have two gay parents, children need a mom and a dad. That's the way God created us.
2: Can you explain a little bit more about double fulfillment yeah. in scripture?
1: Yeah. Sometimes uh, there's like, for instance, out of Egypt, I called my son, is a, is a scripture that was said in the Old Testament. It referred to the Jews coming out of Egypt. But then I think, is it Matthew or Luke? When Jesus, the baby Jesus, is brought out of Egypt to come back home now that Herod is dead and it's safe, they quote that verse as being fulfilled in Christ. Well, there's double fulfillment. The first fulfillment was when the Jews came out of Egypt in 1300 B.C. The second fulfillment of that same verse was when Christ as a baby comes out of Egypt because he's the real son out of Egypt, I called my son. Well, secondarily, Jews are his son in the Old Testament, but the son is Jesus. So there's two fulfillments of that one verse. That happens a number of times in the
2: Bible. So do people still cast lots, or have you ever cast lots yeah. in order to make a decision? I mean,
1: yeah. Well, again, the I last guess... time we have lot casting in the whole Bible is Acts chapter 1. I don't, I don't even know how to cast a lot. Uh, flipping a coin is the way we would probably do it. <laughs> and I don't cast lots. I don't flip coins. I think it's much safer just to pray, search the scriptures, bounce it off Christian friends, and then act. I'm not saying, because of some of the Bible verses, I'm not saying it's absolutely forbidden, but we don't find it after Pentecost.
2: So do you believe or... Do you think Judas is in hell then?
1: I think he's in hell because Jesus said of Judas, it would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Well, that sounds like hell to me. So yeah, and, and I, I think so, yeah.
2: If Judas had repented, would God have forgiven him? I think he would have.
1: Now here here's the deal. After Ju- Judas betrays Christ, he takes the 30 pieces of silver because he was sorry and he throws it back into the temple. But it wasn't a repentance unto salvation. When Peter betrayed Jesus, excuse me, uh, when Peter denied Jesus three times, he really repented, was forgiven, and was restored. Judas never really repented. It wasn't a repentance unto salvation. He felt bad about what he did, but he didn't bring it to God and repent and come back to Christ. I think he would have been forgiven had he repented, but that's not what he chose.
2: You know, why is it so many churches are turning like they are to things that don't, aren't scriptural? I know.
1: Jackie, when you and I were young, if you would have told me when I was a boy that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the big liberal branch of Lutheranism, would ordain practicing homosexuals, promote transgenderism to their teenager convention two months ago. Um, uh, pay for abortions with offering dollars? I mean, we would have thought absolutely not. But some liberal denominations have become that evil. And why? It's because they're not following scripture, they're following the world. That's, that's the bottom line.
2: Yeah. Tom, we've only got less than a minute. Do oh. you want to close with prayer today? Yeah.
1: Everybody, let's just take a moment and pray. Father, we pray for anybody that has betrayed you that's watching this show and they wonder if they can be forgiven. Lord, we pray your Holy Spirit will just have them repent, turn to you even tonight and say, "Lord Jesus, forgive me and take me back." Lord, may we learn from Judas to follow you and not follow the world. In Jesus
0: name we pray.
1: Amen. And we'll see you next time at the Pastor Study.
0: Thank you for watching the Pastor Study.